It's five days to the election in the United States, the 2020 elections, and I think this is a good time to talk about government in the family. What? Yeah. Have you ever thought about your family as a government? Well, stay tuned after the intro and I'll tell you exactly what I mean. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. All right, all right, you guys, welcome to episode number 38 of the Apparently Parent Podcast. And this is kind of a special episode in honor of the 2020 US election that is up in a couple of days. I have no idea how it's going to come out. I'm actually recording this a couple of weeks before the election. So, you know, in this world, anything can happen in between. But anyway, governments are governments and, and families are families. And I want to talk about how governments and families have some stuff in common and you know we, we used to think about families as something that is about you know connection and, and love but um, connection and love is something that we usually don't associate with government or, or the relationship between governments and, and citizens but when you think about it the, the family system is kind of an, a close-ended governmental system, right? So in a state, you have citizens and you have the people who govern them and they are citizens themselves, of course. And also in the family, you have the kids and the parents. They are the citizens, but the parents are also, you know, the governors. And they, they perform every government duty. They state the laws and they execute them, etc. And they also, they, they form the, the judicial branch as well, right? So let's think about how families and governments change over time. So in the not so distant past, parents rarely had to face the question of power distribution and responsibility on, you know, taking, making decisions inside a family. In many aspects, a lot of families, most families actually, used to, I know some still are, but used to um, hold themselves in a way or, or um, execute themselves in a way that is kind of like a dictatorship. So the parents, or sometimes one of the parents, usually the dad, okay, the male, patriarchy stated their first, the parent was, you know, the ruler, the sole ruler, the authoritarian <laughs> ruler, okay, and no one could refute that. And in those kinds of families, the parents decided how the family should function and what each child has to do and is expected to to do and to behave like and the parents you know stated what is going to be served to the dinner table and when and what can you wear and when you're allowed to play outside the house and how you should conduct yourself and how you're allowed to talk and if you didn't follow the rules well in a dictatorship like in a dictatorship there were 
sanctions that were exercised, sometimes really harsh ones, in order to prevent such outlandish behavior to, to reappear. So today, things work a little bit differently. Yeah, there are still some families uh, who work uh, that, in, in that fashion, and there are entire cultures who work like that. But many parents, and you as a listener to this podcast, I'm sure that you're this kind of parent, many parents are striving to have a, a more open and, and a closer connection and communication with their children. The kind of communication that um, brings to the fore uh, a feeling that everybody is equal to everybody. Okay, where those who are not in, in, in the government, quote-unquote, also have a say on what's going on, or in other words, democracy, all right? So even then, families who try to conduct themselves in a more democratic way, they, they run on some kind of uh, continuum, okay? And that continuum is defined by the amount of uh, choice and control that the parents, who are still the governors, give to the kids, when on one part we have the permissive kind of parents who let their children um, do whatever they want or state the cause uh, fully or maybe 90% of the way. And this brings to mind the concept of parenting styles. Now, this is something that I went deep deeper into in episode number five of this podcast. So you can find it again on apparentlyparent.com forward slash five. And this is where I really go into um, the definitions and the research about parenting styles as they are defined in the parenting research in psychology. And just to have a little recap here, which is uh, relevant to this discussion of governments in families, there are two basic kind of extremes here. One is the permissive parenting that we briefly talked about a minute ago, and one is the authoritarian uh, parenting. And those were defined by psychologists Diana Baumring, who started this kind of research, and many, many uh, followed in her steps, and there are tons, tons of research and studies uh, made and still are being made on these issues of parenting styles. Now, I just want to say, uh, for the context of this conversation, that both those kind of opposite um, styles, the permissive parenting and the authoritarian parenting, they both have negative impact uh, on the children, both short-term and mainly long-term. So before I go to that, and we're going to do it briefly, I go deeper into that in episode number five, as I said, let's just uh, have a little little definition about the differences between authoritarian and permissive parenting. So the authoritarian parents are those who are more like the dictators, okay? They have high demands of their children, they uh, uh, oppose strict rules and expectations and if you don't follow the rules if you don't stand up to the expectations there may be harsh consequences like uh, punishments or or others okay but the thing is that there there's a high demand of um, of of how you should behave without without having a, a close responsive and warm connection a warm bond with your child now, the permissive parents are kind of the, the mirror image of that. So they have a, a really warm and close connection with the children. They can be really friendly with them, while 
having really uh, minimal um, kind of demands from from their children okay so every family has rules I, I'm sure but those parents believe that they should let their children decide uh, on a lot more manners than other parents now whether you're the kind of parent who tries to control every aspect of your children's lives okay and don't let them do whatever they want to do or you're the kind of parent that believe that you have to give your children the entire um, I don't know, zone to, to, to choose what they want to do. Some say to the extent that they control you, okay? In both ways, in both extremes of the authoritarian and the permissive parenting, there's a higher chance that your children will develop issues with self-worth and, and self, um, self-efficacy and, and develop mental issues such, such as anxieties, depression, impulse control, social uh, social issues etc and it's fascinating that those two extremes those two mirror images of a parenting style create almost almost the same issues in in the lives of the children and especially when they grow up now before you start to you know self-analyze and maybe you know scare yourselves about the damage that you may have created I want to say that we all move all the time between those places, between being authoritarian and between being permissive. Usually we have a tendency, but it's not like we lodged hard in one place, okay? And, and there are many variables here. We move according to the age of the child or the specific situation we are in. And, you know, even how tired or hungry uh, you are. Okay, we change due to many, many variables. And because of that, I believe that we can uh, and, and use the, the strategies and techniques that I, I try to teach in this podcast in, in other places to more mindfully and, and, and to connect to yourself and move yourself to, to the middle place. And the middle place is where the third parenting style that Diana Baumrid defined lies which is the authoritative parenting. Now, it's always confusing and it's tooth-breaking because there's the authoritarian parenting, which is not good, and there's the authoritative parenting, which is good, all right? So how does it play with this metaphor of the government? The authoritative parent is the kind of parent who strives to have a family that is a democracy, but a democracy with clear um, leaders. Okay, if you think about the origins of democracy, the, uh, as I know it, and I'm probably going to butcher the history right now, but at least the ideal of the original democracy was to have um, the entire nation to rule itself. You know, the people are ruling because everyone is a vote, and that's that. Now, I know it's not entirely true, okay, because... I'm sure that women didn't have a vote back then and slaves, etc. Okay, but that's the kind of the, the ideal. And today, this is not how it re- uh, works because we, we have, you know, here in Israel, where I live and, and in the United States, where the elections are going to be. And in most democracies that I know, we work via representatives. Okay, so the people elect the rep- representatives and, you know, whether it's... Um, and the Senate or the Parliament, even if you choose your commander-in-chief, like 
those of you who are in the States are going to do in a couple of days. They're still representative of, of, of the nation. That's, that's the ideal here. So this is kind of how I see the authoritative parents, okay? They want to have a democracy in their family. Everybody has their say. Everybody can say what they think, what they feel, and what they want, okay? The, the, the relationship between the governors who are the, parent, the parents and the children who are the citizens, it's a warm connection. It's a close connection. The citizens who are the children, they get listened to. They have their say, they have a real experience and sense that their opinions matter. But eventually, those who make the decisions and hold all the responsibility for upholding those decisions are the parents, which is the government, all right? So in those kinds of parents, um, you know, the, the child may say, hey, you do not decide what I'm going to do, Okay. So think about think about a citizen in a citizen in front of 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 a judge telling the judge you you don't have any jurisdiction over me okay you can't tell me what you do when the law strictly says that you know the judge does have that jurisdiction and enforce all right so what what does a parent uh, the authoritative parent can say the authoritative parent can say oh you know honey we do decide how you're going to do things. This is our job as parents. This is our jobs to be responsible and to decide how things are going to get down here in, in this family. You're very welcome to say what you think and what you feel about it and what, what your own opinions. We are open to listen to every opinions that you kids have, but we have the final decision. Now, it may not surprise you that Studies have shown that this parenting style, this quote-unquote government style, is really beneficial to, to the mental progression of children. Those children who grew up in, the, in these kind of families, they tend to be uh, more self-assured, they tend to be more independent as they grow up, and they have less mental issues. They have less anxieties, less depression. They have to deal less with impulse control. They have to deal less with um, um, problems that have to do with um, immersing themselves in society. So in, in romantic relationships, they, they have it better. And in the workplace, etc. So they have a, a better, better base of, of, of their personality to step into the world. They have more confidence, and, and they, but it's not too confident, if you, if you know what I mean. So what can you do in order to create a more democratic um, life in your family, but in a way that you are still the clear, confident leaders of your family, or the way I like to think about it, you are the captains of your ship. Okay, first you have to decide on your, on your red flags, okay? So, at least here in, in, in Israel, when, when a new government is formed, the, we, we don't have two parties like in the US, okay? We have many parties, so they have to sit and decide on, on, on many issues. And each party brings to the, to, the, to the table, to the discussion tables, its red flags, Okay, so this is up to you, parents, to say what are your red flags. Maybe it's about how much screen time you, you allow. 
Maybe it's about food. For example, in my house, we don't have any soft drinks of any sorts. We drink water, okay? Um, we drink sparkly waters, and, and, and sometimes we, we, we squeeze some juice, okay? Or make some iced tea, but nothing else, okay? And this is something that is a red flag for us, okay? However, over screen use and screen time, I'm more lax, okay? So I, I have friends who have a much stricter rules about that, okay? So it's up to you. It's up to you. This is why in, in the parenting map, which is my framework of how you can move from, from chaos to harmony and real, build real good connections with your children, we have the P pillar, which is the purpose, which is aligning yourself to your own beliefs and your own values as a parent. Okay, so you have to start with that and have this conversation between you and your spouse to begin with. Now, when you know your red flags and you know where you are more flexible, you can open it into a discussion with your children. Now, you can always have a discussion around, let's say, for example, hey, kids, what do you want to buy at the grocery store? And my child may say, hey, I want to buy some Coke. Okay, and I, I'm hoping that he means the soft drink, of course. So I will say to him, no. I'm sorry. This is this is some this is a boundary that I'm not willing to 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 move away from. Okay? But if you say something around uh, let's get some pretzels, I may say okay, you we can buy those. You can have some of the of them before dinner or after dinner, but not the entire bag, etc. The 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 point is that the final word is yours and yours alone because this is a democracy with clear leaders. You are all right. Now, of course, you have to 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 communicate in a way that your children can understand. Okay, so it, it it varies according to age. For example, children who are toddlers, like three years old, four years old, you know, little kids, you can give them a choice between two to three options of what they can wear today or what they can eat, but. Only offer things that you are okay with, okay? If it's uh, raining outside or cold outside, don't offer them, you know, to wear something that is too light, hoping that they will choose the sweater, right? Give them two coats or two sweaters that you agree that they can wear in that day. And even if they choose the one that you dislike because the color doesn't match the pants or something like that, let them have that choice, respect that choice, commend them for the choice. Children, especially in those ages, like little kids, like my, my three years old daughter, they really need to feel that they have some measure of control. Okay, but just don't give them too many choices because that is confusing for their minds. Okay, that's a real thing. It's called choice fatigue. And as the children grow up, you can expand the the range of choices that they can have and you can expand the communication that you have with them so when they're younger you you say we set the tone we set the rules because we are the leaders in this family we know what the big picture is we understand better we know what's right yeah in later ages you can say something like like okay let's hear what everyone has to say it's really important that we know where you are coming from and understand what you have to say, but eventually the final decision is us. So uh, for children who are in elementary school or, or middle school, 
or even older children, you can let them have a choice between different uh, extracurricular activities, for example, for after school. Or you can have a real, but a real negotiation about how your adolescent kid dresses or when they come back home at night. So to recap, if, if you really want to teach your children about government and what democracy really means, and, and I mean a real democracy where the citizens do have a choice and do have a voice and there's someone who really hears that voice and listens and, and cares, include them in decisions and, and do it according to their age and according to your own values and red flags. Okay, and 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 this time of 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 the year, like as I've said, this this episode comes out five days before the U.S. elections. is a wonderful time to have these discussions about uh, why why you vote to whoever you choose to vote to, and what does it mean to go out and 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 vote, etc. And take them. Well, I, I I was about to say take them with you, but maybe you know with COVID that's not so easy, but. These are, these, these are really um, important discussions that you can have with them and instill with them in them the sense of this is a government, this is a family that is working and you are listened to and you are cared for. But, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad but, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is how it works. We are responsible here. We make the final decisions. And this my friends, this actually instills a sense of safety. And safety is what they need as they grow up and become adults. So that was this episode of the Apparently Parent Podcast, episode number 38. And I really hope you found it interesting. I appreciate that you listened this far. And, you know, I would love to hear from you. So you can find me at Instagram at apparentlyparent.com. You can follow me there and DM me. I answer everyone. I, I love having discussions with you over there. And also in my group, Navigating Parenting, Raising Secure and Confident Children. In Facebook, you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash Facebook to find it. And that's it for today. For those of you in the United States, have a wonderful election day in a couple of days. And I hope that whatever you want to you know, the end result to be will be, and I hope it will be a good one for you and everybody else. Until next week, bye-bye.